Welcome back to another Edge Got In podcast. Thank you for pushing the pause button to Edge Got In, to your mind, your will, and those crazy emotions. Happy New Year. This is the first week of the new year. And whether or not you're listening to it close to the new year or midway through the new year, this message is applicable. If you happen to still be wearing the Earth suit and having your being in Earth school. Our topic today is entitled One Big Fat Lie That Kills Your Peace, Steals Your Identity, and Destroys Your Purpose. Our learning objective is at the end of this podcast that you will learn about this one big fat lie that Satan used in the beginning of time, and he actually still uses it every day to kill steal, and destroy. You'll also have the opportunity to identify it. Where is it showing up in your life, this big fat lie? And explore a course correction. You can visit us at edgegodin.com. There is a one sheet to capture your learnings from today's podcast. And there are many groups we're finding out that are actually using the one sheet and specific topics at edgegodin.com to hold small group Bible studies. So feel free to do the same and spread the word. Emotional Intelligence in Christ is another project that we launched about a year ago, and you can learn more about that project at EmotionalIntelligenceInChrist.com. It is our mission with the Emotional Intelligence in Christ project that God placed upon our heart that we will glorify God by creating learning systems that actually lead to an encounter with God's love through Jesus so that the Holy Spirit can empower the ability within us to discern and manage our emotions and behaviors in a way that honors God by loving others well, as Jesus did. We're about to, we're actually putting together a six-week study guide to go with the Emotional Intelligence in Christ book, and it's completed. We're just doing the administration part of it, of, of getting it out there. So you can look forward to that being launched probably within the next month. Let's jump in in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Sweet Jesus, there is one big fat lie that is hijacking our sense of peace, our identity, and our purpose. We pray for attentiveness, and I ask for an anointing on this podcast that you would pour out your spirit upon us, Lord, so that we can become aware of this big fat lie. And by the power of your Holy Spirit within us, help us discern and manage our emotions and behaviors in a way that we can course correct as we begin this new year, that we can begin with you, that we can let go and let you be in control of our mind, our will, and our emotions as we move into the new year. May the words in my mouth, the meditations in my heart be acceptable in your sight for the edification of everyone who's gathered today. I know that if you don't show up, this message will not go well and not return the fruit that you desire for it to return for your glory. In your most precious name we pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So you heard me speak about this toward the end of last year and in some of the podcasts, one of them entitled, That's Not Fair. 
um, where we took a deeper dive with Father Nathan Cromley into the difference between Mary and Martha in it in this world. Are you a Mary or are you a Martha? And I mentioned uh, the control back in the garden. And I'm going to continue that conversation today. As I reflected on what would be a great focus for me, and perhaps you can jump on the bandwagon of this as we enter the new year so that we can start with a course correction and reestablish our sense of identity because we get hijacked all the time and it's different for each person. So think for a moment before we continue, what do you have a tendency to get hijacked by? As you reflect on last year, or if you're listening to this mid-year, reflect the last couple of weeks, what is something that you tend to stay in the fruits of the spirit until this thing, this situation pops up and then shazam. You find that the emotions hijack your self-control, which is one of the fruits of the spirit. In emotional intelligence in Christ, there are four phases that lead to different behaviors. The first one is identity in Christ. If we don't ground our identity in Christ, in Christ, with Christ, through Christ, then the second phase of emotional intelligence in Christ gets hijacked very easily, and that is self-control, our ability to discern and manage our emotions and behavior in a way that honors God. And the ramification of that is our ability to love others well altruistic attitude gets highly compromised. And then we are in a position where we do not make Christ encounters, and that's the fourth phase. So we're going to discuss something that I'm referring to as the one big fat lie. And I was inspired to go deeper into this. I, I listened to a um, credible preaching by Pastor Mike Todd called Cuff to Control. And these are my takeaways with my own reflection added to it. But basically, if you haven't done so already, take some time to read through Genesis chapter 2 and Genesis chapter 3. This will give you some insight into the fact, one, in chapter 2, God placed Adam in the garden. He gave him a purpose. He also provided provision and parameters. We're going to have a conversation about that in the next podcast, because that has to do with relationships. He placed Adam in the garden before he introduced another human being, by the way. So what does that tell us in chapter two? That tells us that unless we connect with God first and foremost, then our relationships with other people, human beings, will be highly compromised. And our ability to glorify God by our behavior and managing our emotions well will be hijacked. And that's that's our discussion today in terms of the one big fat lie that often hijacks our emotions, and that being the conversation of control, your need for control. This is a topic that we could probably talk about or address in some fashion in every podcast, simply because it's the one thing that we all experience strong emotion about when we feel that we are out of control, something happens in your life and you didn't expect it. Someone, it could be something as simple as someone says something that you didn't expect someone to say. It's out of your control. 
A lot of anxiety comes from our desire to control the behavior of other people. We're not getting what we want from another human being. That's all has its seeds in control. Or perhaps you're uh, moving forward professionally, but there are some blocks that are out of your control. And so it's causing you a lot of anxiety, staying up at night, worrying about why things are happening as they are, or being anxious over worrying about how things might turn out or might not. Again, that can be brought back to the seed of our need for control, to control our situation. So when we read through Genesis chapter 3, that's when the serpent slithers in. And that's where he plants this big, fat lie. And the big, fat lie is this. You are in control. Not God, you. You can be God. You can be like God. You can have control over everything, even other people and situations. You can even have control over good and evil. You can have control over and just plug in whatever comes up to you. What are you clinging to? that is fueled by the seed of the big fat lie. That big fat lie, as the serpent communicated with Eve, was, hey, he plants doubt. Did God really say you must not eat of any tree in the garden? Well, no, it was just one tree. Eve came back with that. We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, she says in chapter 3 of Genesis, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. Hmm. So it's kind of playing the game telephone. A message is given to you. God is in control. He loves and adores you. It is God who works within us, both to will and to act according to his good purposes, Philippians 2.13, for we are the handiwork of God, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do, Ephesians 2.10. We are Christ's ambassadors, and he's making his appeal through us for his glory, Galatians 5.1. The truth is, my friends, we are out of control. The only thing we have control over is our choice to choose God, the one who is ultimately in control of our lives. Satan comes back with bantering back and forth, which he often does in our minds. When we're upset about something, he'll throw so many different angles, planting seeds of doubt. I don't think they really like you. If they liked you, they would have promoted you a year ago. Uh, I don't think this profession is going to work out for you. You've tried so many things, and look, you have no fruit to show for it. So understand, he is masterful at planting those sentence stems of doubt, just as he did from the beginning. No shocker here. Same theme, different stage. So as we raise our awareness to this, then we take our power back to surrender, 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 surrender. God, you are in control of my life. It is God who works within me. 
to will and to act according to his good purposes. So Satan's words to Eve was, hey, you'll surely not die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and that you will be like God. There you have it, knowing good from evil. So the big fat lie is we're in control and we can be like God. Our frustration comes when that doesn't work out so well. It might work for a while until it doesn't. And then what happens? We have an emotional crisis. We have a breakdown in our faith. We have a faith crisis. Well, I wanted this to turn out. I've worked so hard for this. And it's not turning out the way I wanted it to. I've shared several scenarios of when I went through advanced cancer and divorce. And the one first school class that was part of that training for me was letting go of control. Too often times we hold on to our control until we can't anymore. We come to the end of ourselves. Don't wait, my friends, until that scenario. Start practicing that today. You can start with a simple prayer. Dear God, show me what I'm clinging to for control in my life. Show me what I've attached my identity to, an idol, replacing you in my life. Just as Satan deceived Eve by doubt and tempting her by saying, oh, you're going to be like God. And then death enters in. Anytime our pride leads the way, we're right on the cusp of a fall. God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. So let's begin again with this gift of a new year of life. Make the choice to come to the end of you. As John the Baptist said, more of you, God. I must become less. You must become more. As St. Augustine says, order your loves. As Jesus said, Mary has chosen what is better. Where do you go when you feel out of control? Too often we scamper about earth school, calling people, talking about it, trying to gain control, doing research, Googling things. And we fail to come to the one who is ultimately in control. Or we wait, as I did. I came to the end of myself. I remember throwing myself on the floor. I was diagnosed one week prior to my final divorce court date, alone in my house, and I threw myself on the floor in the shape of a cross and just weeping. And I said, you have my attention. You are in control. I surrender all that I am to you if I meant to continue to live. You guide every step I take, every thought I think, every word I speak. You are in control. Let's step away from the big fat lie that we are in control as we enter this new year. What is that going to look like for you? Satan used that encounter, enticement. It's really an enticement of being in control and deceit to, in order to deceive Adam and Eve. He does the same to us today. 
You're in control. You're in control of good and evil. It led to death. Still does today. Our call is to have been put to death with Christ on the cross. And that's the verse, actually, I declared when I threw myself on the floor. When I'd come to the end of myself after the diagnosis and one week prior to the final divorce court date, I declared Galatians 2.20. I've been put to death with Christ on the cross. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. This life I live, I live by faith alone in the Son of God who loved me and loves me and gave his life for me. Death of our complete surrender and reliance on our creator is what happened when the serpent posed the big lie. We, became, we worship created things, Romans 1, rather than the creator including ourselves through lust of the eyes, boasting of what we have and do, the cravings of our sinful nature, as, for, as John says in 1 John. People want to be in control. Why? Why is that such a drive for us to be in control? Well, it's counterfeit. It's a counterfeit control. It's not real. It's fake. It's like, look over here, and then bam. You're knocked out with an undercut punch. Counterfeit means simply that it's, it's something that's made in the exact imitation of something valuable or important. Something valuable or important. God is valuable and important. With the intention to deceive or defraud. Satan used this trickery in the garden to deceive Eve and still does today. Go ahead, take a bite. That will put you in the driver's seat, give you control, make you more like God. Satan makes cheap imitations of safety and uses our inclination and our desire to be in control, which it is very strong, and then traps us with counterfeit control. Poses something to us, to our mind, the exact imitation of something valuable or important. Hey, go for this. Hey, why don't you uh, join this particular group, even though they don't align with your values, but it'll promote you and get you to where you want to go. The exact imitation of something valuable or important with the intention to deceive or defraud. Do not touch. Do not taste. These are all destined to perish with use. We are the handiwork of God. For it is God who works within us both to will and to act according to his good purpose. So we want to be in control so that we have peace, so that we're guarded, so that we're protected. That's why we want to be in control. And yet that's given to us. <laughs> Read Psalm 91. I feel safe as long as, as, as these things are ordered in my life. I've got this in order, that in order. Again, counterfeit control. But if one of those falls out of order, then I've created for myself my own sense of worth, value, and security. Then I get hijacked by anxieties, fears, self-doubts. It's a vicious cycle. Who can save us? Romans 7, thanks be to God. Jesus can save us from this. Lord, bring us back to the confidence, up our faith to know that 
God is in control. He is our peace. He guards and protects our way. Our peace is directly connected and preserved in our closeness with God. So as we begin the new year, one of the homework or earth school practices that you can reflect on before the Lord is what is one behavior that you can do starting today to increase your closeness with God? What is that going to look like for you? The one who's actually in control. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, 12, hey, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are beneficial. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. What's dominating you? that's giving you a false counterfeit sense of control in your life? Is it finances, health, the image in the mirror, reputation, your job position, your status, popularity, position, passion, power, the things that the devil flung before Jesus in the garden in Luke chapter 4? One person can make one comment about you, and your entire day is ruined. My entire day is ruined. We get hijacked. We're dominated by the opinions of other people. It's one thing that dominates many, many people. Or perhaps it's the fear of losing control, and that dominates you. So you micromanage yourself and people around you for the fear of what if I lose control? So it has a flip effect on you, just as the definition of counterfeit does. Take something that's valuable, your time, your attention, your focus, with the intention to deceive or defraud. If Satan can't get you one way, he'll distract you another. His big art is distraction. Make you think you are in control. Watch out for the drug of approval and the disease to please, my friends. What are you dominated by? The scripture talks about idols, and it's anything that takes the place of God. That's an idol. The opinions of people, your bank account, your body, your image, popularity. What is it for you? An idol, anything that takes the place of God. It's an illusion, counterfeit, that leads to separation from God closeness with God. That's our desire in the new year. That's the solution. That's the course correction to the big fat lie that we're in control. The first death got us with counterfeit control. And when we have pride leading our behaviors as, Christ as Christians, it's an illusion of control. And we fail to make God recognizable because of our need for control, to control people's reactions to us, responses, lack of responses to us. So as you go out into this week, simply ask the Holy Spirit to show you where you have stepped in the driver's seat for control in your life. And find a behavior whether it's 10 minutes in the morning, mini retreats throughout the day, the brain actually, there's something called the BRAC, the B-R-A-C, basic rest activity cycle of the brain. In neuroscience, the brain as God created it is actually on for 90 minutes and then it rests for 20. Because we're of our, of our hijacked need for control, we'll often just blast right through that throughout our day. 
So that's one thing that I'm personally practicing is just taking the mini retreat, whether it's between clients, between activities, to kneel, to pray, to lean into God, to nurture your closeness with God in the new year. Our daily habits and behaviors make all the difference in our outcomes, particularly when it comes to stepping away from the big fat lie. Are we loving God first, then the people around us from our closeness with God, from our closeness with God's love for us? And that's the whole mission of emotional intelligence in Christ is come back, my friends. Come back to the lover of your soul. God adores you today. No matter what you've done in the past, when you come with a humble heart, just as the prodigal son into the love of God, dear God, with a humble, humble heart asking forgiveness, I'm sorry. I have totally taken control of my life. The ramification is fear, self-doubt. Anytime I feel like I'm losing control of my life or things aren't ordered the way I want them to be in my life, then anxiety happens because I think I am in control and I'm not. You are. Guard my heart, dear God. Increase my closeness with you and help me to seek you first. There are four um, areas, and I'm going to end with this, four things that control actually kills in your life. So my coaching question to you is, which one do you identify with? And what do you want to do about it with God? in the new year, to free yourself from this, from the control in, in one of these areas, to up your experience in one of these four areas. And this was taken from Mike, Mike Todd's preaching on being cuffed to control. The first one is contentment. You can't enjoy now because you're truly controlled. You're, you're, you're trying to control tomorrow. So perhaps you relate to that. Godliness with contentment is great gain, my friends. Are you content? That's a need for control over certain things. You can't enjoy now because you're, try, you're trying to control tomorrow. The second one is collaboration with other human beings. There are people you need to connect with, yet manipulation gets in the way, fueled by your desire for control. Who are those people that God wants you to connect with from a place of humility, forgiveness? acceptance. The third is correction. This is a big one. And we have lots of our school experience that relates to this. When you're not open to correction, growth stops. So this is the correction comes through the archway of humility, the willingness to know, hey, I'm not in control. God is. Um, if I screw up and I've done something that offends another human being and then have to have a crucial conversation, the Holy Spirit's moving me to do so, may I do it in love and humility. True greatness, my friends, walks through the archway of humility and love. Be open to correction. When you get correction, simply ask the Holy Spirit, hey, what's mine and what's someone else's? Because sometimes people will correct us in our life from their own pain. Hurting people hurt people. And there are other times when the Holy Spirit uses other people for our own correction. It takes discernment, prayer. Is this for me? Is this for someone else? What do you want to do about it? Just because someone tosses out a comment about you doesn't mean it's yours. 
could be coming from their own life. Ask the Holy Spirit in a humble posturing, and then move forward. And the fourth one is communication. So these are four things control kills. It kills contentment, collaboration, correction, and communication. If you have to be in control, you won't tell people what's really going on. That means that there are things in your life that you're holding inside because of your need of, for control. That if you were to tell or share with your inner circle, your truth tellers who love the Lord as well for wisdom and discernment, and you give yourself permission to be vulnerable. Communication flows from that place of letting go of control and letting God guide the communication. Our control blocks effective communication. Because we have to be in control, we don't tell people what exactly is going on. You know what? That hurt my feelings. And I know it's linked to something in my past, and still I value the relationship enough to bring it out into the open. What you just said just hurt. So explore one of those four areas, contentment, collaboration, correction, or communication. And ask the Holy Spirit to show you where you are gripping a hold of control in those areas. Because the Holy Spirit desires us to be content. Godliness with contentment is great gain. He calls us to collaborate with one another to be open to correction and humility, and to have effective communication. You don't have to be in control, my friends. You just need to be close to the one who is. Pray for meekness. Blessed are the meek. They shall inherit the earth. What is meekness? Power under his control. Get close to the one who is in control. Blessed are the meek. They will inherit the earth and enjoy peace and prosperity. Psalm 37, 11. Use all of your incredible gifts under God's control, and peace will be yours. You each have incredible gifts. And as I've mentioned before, purpose comes when you're aware of those gifts, and you ask the Holy Spirit, how do you want me to use those gifts to help others? And then your purpose emerges. Why do people go for control? They want peace. Put your power under his control, and you will receive that which your heart truly longs for, closeness with your creator. Just imagine the extent of peace in the garden, the fellowship with God, no embarrassment, no anxiety, closeness, knowing you're in control, God, and I'm okay with that before the snake deceived Adam and Eve with counterfeit control. Just imagine and come back to closeness with God on a daily basis. What is that going to look like for you as you enter the new year? What do you need to let go of? What do you need to expand? What do you want to expand in order to make a conscious course correction away from the big fat lie that we are in control in order to surrender it back up to the one who is. May God give you the grace and the wisdom in this journey back to surrender and peace. Give them heaven out there. There's enough of the dark side surrounding us. Outshine the darkness. 
Again, you can visit us at edgegotin.com, emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com, and enjoy your gift of life, and welcome to a new day, a new year of life with the Lord. Sweet Jesus, have your way with us in spite of ourselves. Give us the grace to let go and to let you lead us on into this new year. Thank you, God, that you think of us and you've given us another year of life. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.